You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to another edition of Locked On NFL on a Wednesday with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. It's the Locked On Bengals and Locked On Jaguars coming together for a national show here on Locked On NFL. And I did it again. I jinxed another team. I jinxed the Titans. We're going to talk about the Titans, the Browns, and a lot of other stuff. James, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Tony. I feel good. I just finished my vanilla Pepsi. I don't know if you've had it. It's amazing. Mm. And this football season, we know it's different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. That's right. Football watching. I did a lot of that this weekend. The reason why I mentioned the Titans at the top of the show is because I love it when we get feedback, man. And so a fan said, way to go, man. Thank you very much for what you said on Locked On NFL. I said, what do I do now? He said, you jinxed us. So that means I'm four for four on jinxing teams. And uh, I must have big up the uh, Titans and talk good about them. So why don't don't we get right into it? What has gotten into the Browns, man? Because I'm going to tell you something. A couple of weeks ago, they came down here and they beat the Jaguars. And the Jaguar media would go, well, the Browns aren't that good. Because the Jaguars have a way of making teams that beat them not look good because they play them really, really tough, right? So I guess I'm going to give the Browns, and I'm not trying to jinx them. Shout out to Jeff Lloyd at Locked On Browns. I'm not trying to jinx them. What I'm trying to do is just give them props because a lot of people said that they hadn't really beaten anyone, right? That they hadn't really had that signature win and that they were going to get in the teeth of the schedule and they had to really beat somebody. Well, guess what happened? They went to play Tennessee and they mollywhopped them, and they beat them all over the field. And now nobody's saying that they haven't beaten anybody because the Cleveland Browns look like they're the real deal. They do. And it starts with the head coach. I covered that team last year in Cleveland, and they were disorganized, extremely talented but disorganized, dysfunctional, all of those things that we've come to know about the Cleveland Browns. And this year it was the exact opposite. And I was in Cleveland up until April 1, and you could tell Andrew Barry – who was in Cleveland, then he went to Philly for a year, back in Cleveland as GM. Excuse me. He is the man. He's the guy who shored up that offensive line and got them in position. And then Kevin Stefanski, I don't know how he's not coach of the year at this stage because, again, you're talking about a dysfunctional franchise for two decades. And he comes in. He's getting the most out of Baker Mayfield. He's running the football, which not many teams in the league do, especially if they have the number one overall pick from a couple of years ago at quarterback. Right. And he's winning despite not having their best receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. And that's hard to do in this league. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Denzel Ward hasn't been playing. Uh, and he didn't play on, on Sunday against the Titans. Miles Garrett missed a couple of weeks due to COVID. So they've overcome that. They've overcome the Nick Chubb injury. So they've had some adversity as well. And the fact that they're 9-3, and three, and I think they got a chance, Tony, to go 11-5 and five minimum. Like right. minimum. When yeah. you look at that schedule, that's a hell of a spot to be in and something crazy when you're, you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Right. So I think they still have a game against Pittsburgh, right? 
who week fell, 17 who fell last night and, and quite frankly haven't looked really good offensively and they're starting to have a lot of uh, injuries on defense and while they can overcome some injuries come on man you don't lose bud dupree and you don't keep losing all of these people and think that it's gonna con- that you're gonna keep holding on somebody made a song called i keep holding on wasn't that who, who was that yeah but anyway <laughs> um and then Baltimore, I think they might have another game. It's Baltimore. We we kind of chalked those games up and checked them off the boxes, losing game. I think they might win some of these games down the stretch, and they might even be a little bit better than that. They might, they might go twelve and four. The thing I like about them is this: they've kind of taken on because they still run the football and they play, they play bend but don't break defense. They've taken on the identity of their city and their fans. And I know you don't want to hear this, and I know the fans of the team that you cover don't want to hear this, but if there's any fan base that kind of deserves something good to happen for them, it's Cleveland after that five- or six-year run that they had. You know, because of the fact that they they didn't buckle and they didn't fold. They stayed with their team, man, through winlessness, mm-hmm. winning one game in three or two or three years. They stayed through through that entire five or six year debacle. That was probably the worst five or six year run you're ever going to see. No pun intended to to the fans that I cover here in Jacksonville. They didn't fold and they didn't buckle and they stayed the course. And that's good for them. And now they're getting their comeuppance. And and I'm and I'm glad for them, man. And like I said, shout out to Jeff Lloyd and that crew, man. But this team personifies that city, and they're playing some Cleveland tough football. It, when I look at the TV, it smells like a corned beef sandwich. You know what I'm saying? It just, <laughs> it, you know, it's just like when they're playing, I feel like I'm, I'm smelling corned beef, you know? And, and I think that bodes well for them down the stretch. And they got two guys that you do not want to hit. Nick Chubb's a top five running back in the league. And Kareem Hunt, yep. when he's been clean off the field, you know, and kept his nose out of the, the, the criminal side of things, has been – a top 10 running back and maybe even better than that. I mean, I mean, think about what he did in Kansas city, led the league in rushing. And now he's from Northeast Ohio. He returns there and uh, only played eight games last year because of the suspension, but flashed some, but now you have a two headed monster. And yeah, I mean, you talk about the cold on the, the shores of Lake Erie, having to go up to Cleveland and who knows? I mean, I mean, let's start with Baltimore. They have to go there and play the Browns on Monday night football, that's, that's going to be a tough matchup because you, you have a team, and I get they blew the, the doors off the Browns in week one, but that's week one. The Browns are surging, and the Ravens, you know, they're, they're heading in the wrong direction right now. So I think that regardless of the Dallas game, right? So I think that that's certainly uh, something, a measuring stick of sorts. So the Titans, that's a nice win. But can the Browns, and I'm kind of saving you from the jinx here, Tony. Yeah. Can the Browns, prove themselves and deliver almost a knockout blow to the Ravens because that's what it would be. Can they do that? That's what a really high end playoff team, 12 and 14 would do. Can they do it? Right. So let's, let's go into that question. Is Baltimore done? I guess we'll get a little bit of glimpse of that, you know, you know, um, moving forward here, if they can start getting more and more healthy with guys coming back off the, off the COVID list, is Baltimore done? That's a good question. No, I, I say no, but I, I get it. I understand it. And what they really need to hope is that they're getting Lamar Jackson with the juice 
the guy who can run and move and everything like that. And hopefully his time away with COVID doesn't impact him from a, an athletic standpoint, a win standpoint, a, a, anything like that. And th- that's the tough thing is because he was a little dinged up, it felt like, earlier in the year and, and recently. And then he gets on the COVID list and they have to play with two arms tied behind their back against Pittsburgh. I still think Baltimore is really, really damn good. And that's the thing. If you're Cleveland trying to knock out the champ, and that's what they are. They're the AFC North champ, and they won't be this year, but that's what they came into this year. They came in as the favorite. They came in as the favorite in the AFC, I believe. So to knock them out, it's really hard to do, even if they're dinged up, even if they're banged up. And and that's the the challenge now that Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski, uh, those running backs in that team in Cleveland – that they have to, to answer to. And it's, it's really damn interesting because I can see it going either way. And, and this is kind of that type of prove-it game that a young team like the Browns needs to show. Well, what they'll be and what Baltimore will be, even if they're not that team that's going to make the playoffs, Baltimore is going to be like Danny Garcia. I saw the fight the other night. They're going to be that, that champion that may not be good enough to beat one of the top teams in the AFC but they're good enough to get in the way of one of those teams that's trying to make it. And, and there'll be that, there'll be that hard fight. There'll be that, there'll be that boxer that nobody wants to put their up and coming fighter in with because he's still too good and too savvy for, for them. That's that tough fight. You don't want to risk. So that being said, who's the best team in the AFC? This is the question that you asked me. And I said, you know, let's save it for the show. Who's the best team? Pittsburgh has the best record. Well, they're tied right now, I believe, with the best. Oh, I think they're still one game up on KC. I think KC's the best team, and I don't think they're the most complete team, but I think the part of them that is the best, which is offense, makes them the best team in the American Football Conference. You're right. It's Kansas City, and, and, and that's just the, that's the reality of it, is you have Pat Mahomes. You, you have Tyreek Hill. You have Travis Kelsey. Right. They're just, they're loaded. I mean, Le'Veon Bell hasn't even gotten going there yet. You're telling me he can't win them a game. He can't make a key play or two down the stretch of a playoff game. Of course he can. And that's the thing with this chiefs team. They can beat you in in so many different ways. And you're right. They're 11 and one. They're in the second spot right now, even after the Steelers lost to Washington, but they're the team because do you really think that Pat Mahomes can't go to Pittsburgh? Because that's all that means. If you get the two seed, you don't get the bye. Okay, well, Pat Mahomes is young. He doesn't need the bye. You know who needs the bye? Old Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) right? Right. And and the Steelers that haven't had a real bye all season. So they desperately need that to have a shot, I think. So to me, it's Kansas City. I think they're just so loaded. And obviously, it starts with Pat Mahomes. What a a stud he is. I mean, I think he's, he's playing as well as I've seen a quarterback play in the past decade minimum. And that includes a lot of really, really high end years from Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and others. Kansas city. If they got behind by 14 points and they only had seven minutes to catch up, they could do it if they were underwater. That's just how good they are. We made the analogy last week about the golden state warriors. Yeah, that's what a minute and 10 seconds to go. They're down 11. That's all right. They might be up three with 30 seconds to go. That's who they are. And they're never out of it, but they can blow you out at any minute. And I totally agree. We're passing out a lot of AFC kisses and attaboys, depending on how you receive it. We're going to do it to the NFC. 
here in just a second on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. We got some stuff to pass out. And if you notice, there's a theme here. We're giving them the teams that we usually give the business to because uh, normally some of these people we're always slapping around. Uh, We kind of boosted them up, and we're going to do that here in a few minutes on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Speaking of a boost, if you need a boost, get Built Bar. It's the number one protein bar on the planet. It's my go-to, and it should be your go-to. You got to try them. 18 amazing flavors, whether it's the Cherry Barcia, the Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, my personal favorite, the Mint Brownie. Built Bars are the perfect snack for you. And the best part about Built Bar, it isn't the taste, which is amazing. It isn't the 100% chocolate that they're made with. It is the fact that they fit your macros. Low in sugar, high in protein, perfect for you. And right now, you're going to save money just by listening to Locked On NFL. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. And if you think this is it, it does not stop here. Locked On NFL comes at you every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On NFL here on Google Podcasts and on uh, Apple and uh, iTunes, as well as follow along on Spotify. And look, check out Locked On NFL Live. Locked On Live on Sundays. That's right, on Sundays, right before game day. You can check all of that out here. A lot of guests, a lot of guys from around the Locked On Podcast Network giving you uh, the latest news uh, every day. That's what we call it. We call it every day because it's your team every day, and this is your network every day here. We're talking uh, around the NFL today with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins here, normally the host of Locked On Bengals and Locked On Jaguars, respectively. We give it out at a boys and hugs. It's the holiday season. And uh, normally, you know, these the teams that we're talking about today are two teams that we usually beat up on, so we might as well keep going because there are some teams that have earned our respect Shout out to my man, Luke Braun, because the Minnesota Vikings, a team that started out the year looking like Mike Zimmer was going to get run straight up out of Minneapolis, out of the Twin Cities. His team was one and five. Well, guess what? They roared back to get themselves into a wild card, not contention, but if the season ended today, they would own a playoff spot. They beat my Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 24 this Sunday, the win was ugly, but it does not matter because a win is a win. They don't judge them by the way that they look, James. And they've gotten a little bit healthy on the offensive side of the ball. Kirk Cousins is still, well, <laughs> hit or miss. But the young defense, they still got some warts. But look at that. What do you know? The Minnesota Vikings are 6-6, six and six, and they control their own destiny because they are in the playoffs as we speak right now. Justin Jefferson, rookie of the year. Wow. That's what, I, that's what I'm coming to say here, Tony. Justin Jefferson, people were saying that this dude couldn't play on the outside, that he was just a slot receiver. And, oh, he's a senior, and it was Joe Burrow, and it was a really great offense, and he's going to be good. He's not going to be great. How 61 receptions for a 1,039 yards, seven touchdowns, and 12 games sound. He's their offense right now. The 21-year-old is killing it. He's crushing it, and they're winning games, not just 
because of Dalvin Cook, not just because Mike Zimmer has found a way to get that defense playing a little better, specifically when you look at earlier in the year, because of the rookie wide receiver. It's so funny when the, the Vikings traded Stephon Diggs, how many of us said, well, damn, the Bills got the better of that trade. Well, I'm not so sure anymore because of how great Justin Jefferson has been. And look, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert won't win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Obviously, Joe Burrow was right in that mix until he got injured. But I think Justin Jefferson's having the, the biggest impact when you compare the two Justins. Herbert, Jefferson, one team's 3-9 and nine and, and loses a lot of close games. Another one, this wide receiver is making all the plays for the Vikings. And it, it's why they're in the playoffs if they started today. And it's why I think they'll – uh, potentially be able to make a run here down the stretch and actually make the postseason after such a slow, slow start. I agree with you. And I want you to remember Justin Jefferson, where he was picked when we get to our third segment where we talk about the draft and playoff teams picking players. That's very, very important in what we're going to talk about today. But getting back to this, I wish I could throw James Robinson's name in the hat for that, but the Jaguars only won one game. But he's also – he he he's going to be – probably end up with more yards than any undrafted rookie ever, the running back from Jacksonville. But you're right. That kid has had a huge impact. He had big shoes to fill. I, I think Minnesota – I still think the Bills probably won that – well, I don't know if they won that pick or not because without that, Justin Jefferson isn't there because they did use Buffalo's pick on him, correct? They used Buffalo. They did, yes. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I think it was pretty good considering the money, the amount of money that they saved, because I do st- think Stefan Diggs is a great player. But you're right. They've they've hidden, they've been able to mask the problems that they have with their pass rush and the problems that they have with their cornerbacks. Check this out. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe and then traded him, traded him away because they said we, we needed to recoup some of our draft choices. Uh, Luke Braun told me in our crossover – Part of it was because Daniil Hunter got hurt and then they got off to a slow start and they said, you know, we're not going to be able to keep him any longer than one year, so we might as well get some of our stuff back. And then the other part of it was they really probably didn't think he was, you know, even though he had five sacks in five games, they didn't think that he was giving them everything that they needed and they could get some of that from some of the younger players. And, and part of that was maybe it was because – he was looking to get his numbers. I don't think Jan was really doing everything he w- was supposed to be doing for them. I think he was really trying to get his numbers up, and he was probably doing what Dana Stubblefield, the late, great Dana Stubblefield, did a long time ago, and that is sell out for sacks. And, and players do that all the time. They, they sell out for sacks so they can put numbers up so they can get paid in the offseason. And you can get sacks, and this is why I tell people all the time, numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the whole story. You can end up with 12 sacks, but you can still not play well. So the Vikings, while they lost draft position by one round uh, by trading Yannick to Baltimore, because that's what they did, they, they basically traded a second-round pick and then they got a third-round pick back, they may have helped themselves by getting some of those young guys involved, maybe lighting a fire on some of, the, some of those young players, and those young players really realize, hey, we got a shot to do something here. Kirk Cousins basically started playing better. Dalvin Cook got healthy. Adam Thielen came back and started playing well the other day. And now, because of the division that they play in, if they got the Bears on their schedule, you can count that down as a win, brother. They, they're going to beat Chicago. Chicago's got some problems. I told you, that was the worst 5-1 and one team I've ever seen in my life, and I doubt if they win another game. 
the Vikings are looking like they're in pretty good company right now in a pretty good situation. And I think they got Tampa coming up. And Mike Zimmer deserves credit. You know, he he's absolutely deserves credit for the job he's done to right the ship. And I know he's taken some criticism in Minnesota. I know there are the people that get on him for running the ball, but that's your identity. And that has to be your identity when you're led by Kirk Cousins. And they signed him to an extension this offseason. And that's that's just kind of the reality with it. But, uh, yeah, I, I've, uh, I've been impressed with the way they've been able to bounce back. And you're right. They have the Tampa Bay this Sunday. I actually think Tampa Bay is going to handle business there. They have a lot to prove. After that, and maybe it's my Tom Brady bias showing, who knows. I I hate the criticism that he's gotten over the past couple of weeks. Anyways, anyways, I I don't want to get into that. We're talking about the Vikings. Then they have Chicago at home. Like you said, that's a winnable game. And then here are the two interesting ones. On Christmas Day, they're at New Orleans. Will Drew Brees be back? Will he not? You know, I mean, that's a really tough game. And then the their final game of the year is at Detroit. You'd obviously look at that as a win. So I see Bucks, Bears, Saints, Lions. They should win at least two of those games, right? And they're, yes. uh, you know, against the Lions and the Bears minimum. And maybe they sneak out one of the other uh, other teams and get a win over the Saints or, or Bucks. And I think that gets you in I, in in the NFC. Because, so it'll be eight or nine wins. Yeah, eight right. or nine wins because of the NFC least. Let's get to it. I told you. We're not eating crow. What we're doing here is we're just being honest, man. The NFC, we've called it the NFC least. We may have to dump that L and take that L off. Just take that L. We're going to take that L. You know, they always say when you take a loss, you take that L. We're taking that L off, and we're going to call it the NFC East for the first time this year, right? Washington does what no one else has been able to do and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on the on the road and – The Giants, and you told me about the Giants. Now, I wouldn't listen to you. You did. I'll give you credit. (laughs) They go out to the great Northwest and beat Seattle. And I didn't watch much of the Washington-Pittsburgh game because it was regional and they didn't show it, uh, you know, down here. But I did watch the Seattle game, and I'll tell you a story of why I watched that game. But I watched the Seattle game with the Giants. That was not a fluke. I know football, uh, James. Mm-hmm. They they beat them. They put mm-hmm. on their they put on their boots. They took their lunch pail and their hard hat, and they punched them in the mouth. They beat them. So that they look like a really good, functional, hard nosed defensive. They look like Seattle. If you switch the uniforms, they look like Seattle beating the Giants the other night. I got a story to tell you, but I'm going to tell you after we talk about this. I got to give respect to, to, to the judge, man. After he whipped up on Colombo or whatever he did and, and fired the offensive line coach, they all of a sudden got tough. And then they, they actually, you were right. They're not a bad football team. They're not. They're well coached. They have a high, is it weird to say, like, I don't want to say high end defense, but they're playing like a high end defense recently. That's just yeah. the reality of it. That Bradbury kid some can pressure. Play. That corner can play, yep. And that's the thing. When they go out and they pay him big money, and you're like, man, what are you doing? And it's it's working out for them, and they're right there. And and, and that's that's the thing. They go on the road and beat Seattle. This wasn't at home. This was on the road in Seattle, and I get there's not fans and stuff like that, but that's tough. I mean, earlier this year, I was saying how Russell Wilson was the MVP, right? And I get he hasn't played as well recently. But sheesh, what a, what a, a turn of events. 
and they did it with Colt McCoy. Wow. Colt McCoy. This yeah. wasn't Daniel Jones running 97 yards and handing off. No, Wayne Gallman and Colt McCoy went into Seattle and got a win over Russell Wilson. What? Wow. And so there's no doubt about it. You have to take them serious. And I look at this NFC East, and I'm going to say East from now on yep. because Washington, give them their props. I mean, those two teams, they're playing really well. And it, I, I do think it starts with this. And the overall takeaway, this idea that you have to hire offensive coaches no. and offensive minds, no, th- that goes out the window. It, it, it got it. You have to find the right guy because Joe Judge, clearly the right guy for the Giants. He's flashing just like Brian Flores did last year, right, for Miami in his first year. Right. And who else is flashing? Ron Mc, Rivera. And, Mc, and we know what Ron brings, right? Mc, but Mc, he's Mc certainly Dermott, playing well. McDermott in Buffalo. Yeah, look, that's look another how, one. Look how that looks. And, you know, he went and got Brian Daybold, and, and he's got him dialing stuff up. So, no, man, you're right, man. I, I got to give him credit. Uh, quick story about that game. First, I, I played high school ball against Wayne Gallman Sr. His son looks just like him. Wayne Gallman's dad is a year older than me. And uh, I actually talked to him when I did radio a few years back. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it. When Wayne Gallman was at Clemson, we interviewed his dad, and I said, and I asked him, was it him? I said, I could swear, I, did you play here? And then he said, yep, that was me. And I thought he committed to Clemson, and I think he originally did, and he ended up at a small school. And uh, he went in the Marine. So I, that's a quick story. Here's my, um, here's my Seattle story from the other day. Sunday morning, I, I played one of the one of the sites, one of the – where you pick the players and you try to win some money sites, right? I would name it, but I don't think they're a sponsor. So I'll just go there. Right. No, they should sponsor so, the show first. Then we'll right, name it. Right, there. right, right. So <laughs> I picked the hard ones. I picked the really hard ones. Like it's easy to pick a quarterback and a wide receiver and a running back. Right. So I picked the really hard ones. I think I had Kiki Kuti who ended up having a really good game. And I picked the defense. I picked Miami's defense who had a really good game. And I, I picked Darren Waller who had a, Huge game at tight end. Here was my dilemma. I saved a bunch of money for my two pick at quarterback and wide receiver, and I picked a tandem. My first tandem I picked was Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But I switched. Oh, I switched because they were playing in bad weather. Well, not necessarily bad weather, in worse weather than Seattle. And I thought back to last week when DK Metcalf went ballistic and cost me a fantasy game with one catch. He cost me a game that knocked me out of the playoffs. And I switched to a combination. And here's what I said when I made my switch. I said, Russell Wilson will scramble more than Aaron Rodgers. And I said, I'm going to switch and I'm going to take a combination of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Well, Aaron Rodgers threw for like four or five touchdowns. (laughs) Devontae Adams caught three. Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf did absolutely nothing. Had I kept it the same, I would have won $100,000. Oh, man. We would have been doing this. We would have been doing this podcast on a yacht. (laughs) I promise you. No, I promise you. I would have put a down payment on a house in the Dominican Republic. 
I would have put a down payment on a home, on my retirement home in the DR. I promise oh. you, I had everything because the person that won, the person that won had almost everything that I had, but he didn't have the tight end. He didn't have Darren Waller. And I had Darren Waller, and Darren Waller went absolutely ballistic. And I promise you, I actually had it in, and I did, and I took Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Parker. I mean, I took Devontae Adams out, and I inserted, I flip-flopped it. And I always say, go with your first mind. And I promise yep. you, had I hit it, I would also told them to come sponsor all of our shows here on the Locked On Network. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. So I'm telling that oh, nasty, boy. ugly story, and I'm pissed off at Russell Wilson, and I'm ticked off at DK Metcalf. Not only did he knock me out of the playoffs, but then this week he didn't even show up. That being said, uh, <laughs> that being said. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm yeah, so man. sad for you. Yeah, I've man. never been in that position in those daily leagues. Like, yeah, man. I love fantasy football. Yeah, it's man. really hard to get that perfect lineup in those big money. And you I had it. it. I, I oh had the perfect God, lineup. You had it. And you know what? You know what? I had it. And I had the, the hardest part is finding those cheap players like Kiki Kuti, the guys that the mm -hmm. cheap guys that, you know, that you don't expect to do anything. And all of a sudden they do it. And I had it, bro. I had it. I lined it up and I had it. And I, I messed around with these big time players and I let all of this, this other stuff, this superstitious, the superstitious stuff get in my head and I, and I switched it and I flipped it. But that being said, don't worry about it, man. We're going to talk some NFL draft. Here's what we're going to do. We talked about Justin Jefferson. Good teams, many times when the draft is coming up, the teams that are in the playoffs and the good teams, you guys aren't worried about that this time of year because your team's in the playoffs. You're worried about you have Super Bowl aspirations. So I always think you're forgotten, right? You're the forgotten teams in this. But every year you end up with a guy like Justin Jefferson or Aaron Rodgers or a great, great player that ends up helping your team and the good people always stay good for some reason. Well, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to tell you what Trevor Sakima with Draft Dudes, what he has you guys taking. I'm going to go through the playoff teams and take some of the focus off of the teams at the top, those teams that always pick at the top because they're bad. I'm going to focus, James and I are going to focus on the playoff teams. We're going to start with the teams that are projected right now to make the playoffs. And we're going to run through his mock draft. And we're going to see those good players that fall to you to give you excitement about what can potentially happen for you. And we'll do that in just a second here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. All right, man. So we're back here on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL in the draft part of our show. James and I are going to bring you the draft part of this show. And just like we said, man, we're going to talk – some draft, but before we do that, we have to let you know about our special programming, and that's Crossover Thursday. Crossover Thursday across the Locked On NFL podcast network happens. That's where two teams that are coming together for games this weekend, the two hosts get together and they bring you uh, almost like an across the enemy lines information and data that gets you ready for the matchup on Sunday, and it gives you a chance to meet the host for the other team and gives you some information and data so you can get ready for an exciting game on Sunday. That happens every Thursday, so tune in to your favorite Locked On show and get ready for some exciting information to be passed along to you every single Thursday on Crossover Thursday. All right, James, man, so 
Uh, you ready to run through this, man? Yeah, let's roll. Let's roll. All right. So right now the Vikings, as we mentioned earlier, are the 20th pick. And uh, Trevor Sakima uh, of uh, Draft Network has them going. And you can check him out on Draft Dudes also. He's on with Ben Solak. They do a great show, a great show, which is also here on a Locked On Podcast Network, uh, Locked On NFL Draft. Um, the Vikings, they have the Vikings taking Elijah Vera Tucker. So you Minnesota Vikings fans, and um, uh, he's an in, he's an interior offensive lineman out of Southern Cal, uh, and we just talked about them running the football, and they probably do need some more offensive line help. Uh, Luke Braun would like that. So it's Elijah Vera Tucker, an interior offensive lineman. That seems to to be a pick that their coach would really really like. And another Vikings fan is probably going to run him out of there. They always get mad at him. Uh, some people might think they need some more defense and some pass rushers, but I just think they need to get a little more healthy on the defensive line, James. Yeah, and that's part of it. And you're starting to see that with them. And that's the the thing. When you're one of these teams that is, you know, potentially a wild card team and, and going to make the playoffs, you can go in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the – when you're drafting 20th, and I covered the Bengals when they were – you know, going to the playoffs year in and year out and, and drafting anywhere from 20 to 23, 24, you can't draft necessarily for need. You got to go with top talent because if you start to get into need at that range of the draft, then it's such a downgrade. And, and the third best center, let's say, is much, much different than the second best center or the right. third best tackle. And, and so when you do that, there, there's a clear drop off there. So they're in, in position in really any time in that area. Heck, Let's just go ahead and, and do it right now. The Eagles are reeling, right? And, and they're, they're uh, making a switch at quarterback. I wonder if that would be the case had they taken Justin Jefferson and not Jalen Rager, right? right? Like, like, so the, the tier, that, that, that thing, it, it's tough to, to make the decisions there in this range. But I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they go offense and not defense. And, uh, it, it, again, take the best player, not necessarily the uh, – the the biggest need or address the biggest need when you're talking 20th if you're drafting third you're probably getting the best player at your biggest need right so it, in baseball they take the best player because it's usually not immediate impact in the mm -hmm. nba they take the most talented player regardless because mm -hmm. it's more long term and 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 you just take the best player regardless in football at the very top of the draft they usually take need and then you'll see probably around the 10th pick, it turns into best player available. And you try to line it up with need. All right, the next pick belongs to the Miami Dolphins. I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is at 21. This is a need pick, but it probably does line up. They go back offensive line. They went Tristan Wirfs in the first round last year. He plays right tackle. Uh, Travis Akima has him going Christian Darasaw, which offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, who's a left tackle. They probably do need that. When you watch the Bucs play, they look like they absolutely need help on the offensive line. And if you're going to win with Tom Brady, especially 44-year-old Tom Brady, then you have to keep him upright and try to keep him clean because that's really the only time I've noticed him look old this year. And it's happened a lot. You're right. He's been pressured a lot. It's when he's pressured. He doesn't move in the pocket as well. It, not that he was Michael Vick, but, you know, he, he, the, the pocket presence – has diminished a bit and his his ability to slide up and move around ha has certainly taken a hit. And so, yeah, I, I totally see that. And honestly, a team like that, 
I wouldn't be shocked if they don't trade it for a veteran offensive lineman, right? right. And, and really try to go all in. But it would not shock me at all if they go offense. And that's probably with their defense, and they have a lot of free agents they'll probably pay this offseason. With that defense, the way they fly around, might as well invest in the trenches and grab another lineman. No doubt about it. 22 is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they're projected to be the 22nd team in the playoffs. Just for housekeeping purposes, this is their second first-round pick. They have the Houston Texans first-round pick, and Trevor had them taking Jalen Waddle with the first pick to give Tua an, an extra weapon. Uh, they have Zayvon Collins being taken, who's a linebacker out of Tulsa. If you don't know him, he's a versatile linebacker. He can play inside and outside. Just think Patriots. Just think that type of player, one of those guys that can be uh, an inside or an outside linebacker. Uh, depending on the way the formation is set up. So he's not really that pass rusher, and he's not a pure Mike. He's kind of a combo guy. And I'm going to be seeing him in a few weeks because Tulsa is playing my University of Cincinnati Bearcats in the American Athletic Championship game, and my Bearcats need to whoop up on Zayvon Collins in their hopes of making the uh, college football playoff. So, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And it's funny you mentioned the Patriots. The way they're kind of babying and spoon-feeding Tua in Miami and they're winning with defense and special teams. It reminds me of the way that, that Tom Brady was used in 2001, yes, 2002. Yes, now the dolphins was. aren't as good as those Patriots teams yet, but man, it, it, there are some, some certainly similarities between those two people. Really? If you, if you don't have a long memory, people really don't remember. They won that first Super Bowl. Brady was just dumping the ball off to the running backs. He was not throwing the ball down the field at all. Uh, the Colts at 23, they have them taking Jalen Mayfield, uh, an offensive tackle out of Michigan. Uh, they, the reason is that uh, left tackle Anthony Costanzo is 33 years old, so they have him replacing him with a left tackle to whoever the future quarterback is going to be in Indy. Let's move on to the Titans. The Titans, they have him taking an edge, Joseph Asai, an edge out of Texas. This is a Titans-type pick, and the Titans probably do need some edge uh, especially when you consider the fact that Jadavian Clowney was on a one-year deal and he's hurt again. No doubt. No doubt about it. I, I think that Clowney was brought there to make an impact. He didn't do that. He had season-ending surgery earlier this week. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about uh, how underwhelming he was considering the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes and all the teams that were in on him. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think they're going to have to get younger at that spot. And I also wouldn't be surprised – uh, Isaiah Wilson, their, their first-round pick last year, the tackle, it's been a rough go for him. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're in the offensive line market as well. Right. Okay, let's move on to the next pick is the New York Jets. And uh, I don't know if this was a trade or if this was uh, from, uh, from some sort of deal from last year, but uh, they have the Jets in this, in this spot, and they have them taking a cornerback from Georgia by the name of Eric Stokes. It's ironic they have the Jets taking a cornerback. Hopefully, whoever the defensive coordinator is won't put him in zero press coverage uh, with no timeouts left and put him in the same situation <laughs> again. But we don't know who's, who the coach is going to be. Let's go to the Jaguars at 26. This is their second pick. The Jaguars, uh, for housekeeping purposes, took Justin Fields at number two. This is a good pick. And somebody actually asked me this on Twitter because I told them on our show that I believe the Jaguars would take a tackle in the draft. Have them taking Samuel Cosme off as a tackle out of Texas. So that means rookie quarterback and rookie left tackle. This is not out of the question that they do that. Some people say, why would you protect your rookie quarterback with a rookie left tackle? I say, well, why would you protect your $100 million veteran quarterback with a left tackle? 
<laughs> it's, I mean, it, that's worse to me. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely, I think, I think it's one of the most over, 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 overthought and overused things. A, a rookie quarterback with legs is 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 more likely to have a better getaway card than an old quarterback with a left tackle. If you're gonna protect Tom Brady with a left tackle, you can protect Justin Fields with a left tackle, right? No doubt about it. And you're right. He's mobile. One. Two, if you're taking him with the 27th pick, guess what you're thinking, Tony? That he's legit. You know, right. or, the, or the 26th pick. That, that he can play. That he's going to be capable of being that plug-and-play type tackle. And so, yeah, I have no problem with that. In fact, I love that. I love getting a, a tackle that could potentially anchor your offensive line for the foreseeable future on a rookie deal while also having your quarterback on a rookie deal. Look at all the – if those two guys pan out, right – Look at all the flexibility you have cap-wise. And just to think go about, get whoever you need. And just yep. think about it. Even if Joe Burrow wasn't got, didn't get hurt, what were they talking about they were going to do next year? They said the oh, Bengals were going to draft a left tackle. And they still are. Yep, they still are. No doubt. I, right. They're going to draft a tackle. I wouldn't be shocked if they draft one and sign one. Right. Let's move to the Bills, who looked really, really good two days ago. The Bills uh, taking Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa, a linebacker out of Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a good program right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that looks like that sounds like a very good pick for Buffalo. Go to Cleveland, who we talked about earlier. The Browns sounds like a very good pick. I've seen this guy play. Patrick Jones, the second, an edge out of Pittsburgh. That sounds like a very, very good pick to go opposite of Miles Garrett because when you think about it, uh, the guy that they have, uh, Olivier Vernon, is a little bit longer than two. Mm-hmm. So this is a perfect pick to go opposite of Miles Garrett because this is how good players start to fall to these teams. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody pays attention to this and these good players start to fall to these teams. This is how, you know, these, these teams continue to get better and and continue to draft best player available because they're not reaching for need. Uh, 29, the Packers, hopefully they'll get Aaron Rodgers some help. Let's see. Jay, to Feely, inside, I actually like this pick, inside defensive tackle from Southern California. They actually need to figure out how to get some hind parts and learn how to stop the run. You agree? Oh, totally agree. I, I do agree. But it is, it, it's a damn shame Aaron can't get the help he needs, right? <laughs> you, you know, it, it, but it, it could be a good pick, right? And investing in the trenches is exactly what Green Bay needs to do, specifically on the, the defensive line. Because what's going to happen in the playoffs? They're going to face some of these teams that are going to want to try to run it, run it, run it. And can they stop it? You know, can Green Bay go on the road and, and sling it, you know, 50 times and stop the run? I mean, that's, it's hard to do. So I, I wouldn't blame them there. And heck, speaking of uh, trenches, the Chiefs, and I like this pick. Yep. 30th overall, Trey Smith, the inside offensive lineman from uh, the guard he, from Tennessee. I like was, him. He was a blue chip prospect, man. He, he had a problem, a health issue. It was a heart issue, but he actually like, got clear for that like two and a half years ago. He, but he was, he's a, he's, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. I want you to announce the next two picks because this is exactly what I'm talking about. When you talk about the rich getting richer. Yep. <laughs> You're totally right. Am I right? I'm well, telling you. Yeah, you. You are. Let's start with the saints. Obviously they, uh, when Mike Thomas went down, Alvin Kamara gets banged up. They don't have a lot of weapons. Canarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida. He reminds you know me more about him. He reminds me. He reminds me of Alvin Kamara, with the with the ball in his hand. He, he, he with his balance, with the way he runs, and he reminds you of Alvin Kamara playing wide receiver. 
It makes no sense, man. This is exactly what I'm talking about when those teams at the back end just sit there and they're whistling and they're just tapping their feet going, just let him fall. <laughs> let him. And now the last one. This And tell me this pick doesn't fit. And Trevor, Tampa Bay Trey is dead on when he's done this one. Oh, man. This is one that if this, if this happens, I know Bengals fans are going to be pulling their hair out hoping he falls. Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, going to Pittsburgh, 32 <laughs> overall. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly no right. Sense. It makes no sense, man. This is why you want to get good. This is why you want to get a quarterback, and this is why you want to get good, because you can just sit there. You can sit there. It's like having a real good investment and having a real good stock. You just sit there and just wait, because all these teams start reaching, and you just sit there and you wait. And Pittsburgh loves to take guys that have a large body of work from a big school. They just sit there and wait for guys just like this. It's, it's, it's perfect, man. So, you know, I'm glad this worked out and fit right into the way that we were talking about because this is the benefit of being a really, really good team that, that just sits there and just wait on the guys that you want and not have to reach because these teams up front will be reaching and trying to get guys, and hopefully they're going to try to hit home runs on guys that are wear leather jackets, I mean wear yellow jackets and gold jackets and guys that will give them an identity while you're just sitting there all branded and just waiting for guys to just take them and pluck them right in. No doubt. No, no, no. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And it's, uh, it's why Pittsburgh has been so damn good for so long and why they're 11 and one and they start 11 and zero. and I had them third in the AFC North. Yeah. You know, I did. And I, I'm not afraid to admit I had them going to the playoffs, but I had them third in the AFC North and they, uh, they were one of the many teams that just, they, you said the rich get richer, they get richer. And we yep. watch him do it. Yep. James, this was fun, man. I love going through that, man. I love the way we did this and ignored those teams at the top and looked at some of those playoff teams at the bottom, particularly since the playoffs are on the horizon. So uh, come next week, we'll have a clearer picture of, of what that's going to do and what that's going to start shaping up to look like. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. So have a great week and enjoy it. Uh, it's 57 degrees out here. It's not too cold in Jacksonville. So, uh, Man, if you don't get out of here. <laughs> It's 30 degrees in Cincinnati. Get out of here. 57. Yeah, That's yeah, shorts man. weather. Yeah, I know that, man. So enjoy it, man. I hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> this Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot for joining us.